During these difficult lockdown times, it's been great in between working my full-time job and relaxing on an evening to focus on something I truly enjoy, which is my running. After a few months, I was asked to produce a video for a Zoom meeting where I was talking and public speaking for the first time in ages. This gave me a newfound confidence to expand my passion for running and turn this into something more than just three runs a week. You may be thinking, who am I? Well, here's a bit about me. My name's Jake and my main motivation to run comes from just keeping fit and leading a healthy lifestyle. In 2015, I completed my first ever park run in a time of 29.20. I then tailed off thinking that this wasn't for me. In 2019, I was then approached again to go back to park run. So along with my partner, we attended. My passion for running was ignited again and yes, I was slower, but my pace came back throughout the months that followed. Throughout the early return to Park Run, I met some people who were part of the local running club and they encouraged me to join. I took that brave step and was very nervous, but it was so worth it. Group exercise and group running has become such a joy. And in early 2020, pre-lockdown, I attended a leadership in running fitness course. And now I am a fully qualified run leader for my local running club, Joywich AC. That was a very brief overview of my running journey. And here we are today, episode one of Just Run and Talk. Just to expand a little bit, Just Run and Talk is going to be a podcast series where me and my guests talk about all things running, from our personal bests to the reasons we run, even how our careers and running work hand in hand. I was racking my brains thinking about who I can have as my first guest, as I didn't want to branch out too far from my hometown. Then one person came to mind, a fellow member of my local running club, Droitwich AC. Being a run leader for them, I really enjoy taking club runs and as this lady is one of the regular runners, the invite was offered. She accepted and is here to talk with me today. A lot of the names that we do mention in this podcast are local members of the running club uh, that we both attend. So please welcome to this very first episode of Just Run and Talk, Nikki Grok. Nikki, welcome to Just Run and Talk, our very first um, episode and thanks for being with us today. It's great, great to see you, Jake. Yeah, thanks, Nikki. Um, I've just got a couple of like basic questions ready to ask, and then we're just going to chat about things in general. And so I just really want to know more kind of about your journey to running, kind of how you got started and kind of what happened along those kind of lines. Well, my my first venture into running was many, many years ago when I did the um, Race for Life, the okay. Cancer Research 5K. I'd never run anywhere, and I signed up for it with some friends um, and then started um, training. And when I survived at the end and I was still alive, um, I was so amazed that whilst out for, whilst, whilst out for celebratory pizza, um, we all then decided to do a 10K um, oh, because wow. we, we were so amazed with ourselves. Um, so I did that. And then over a few years, this is when I was still living in London, I did a few 10Ks, um, but never much more than that. And then when I moved here, I started running a little bit and then had a knee injury and basically stopped for, for ages and okay. pile on the weight and all that kind of thing. And then one day decided I needed to take myself in hand and start running again. So I very gently started running and built up um, very gradually and um, just potted about here and there, did the Worcester 10k and then um, my a friend on New Year's Day, this must be um, three and a half years ago, mm-hmm. texted me and said, I've just signed up for the Edinburgh Half Marathon. Do you want to come too? Oh, wow. And because it was New Year's Day and you know, full of good resolutions and all that kind of thing, I said, 
yeah, I can do a half marathon, <laughs> having never run more than 10K before. And then I decided to join the Droitwich Running Club. Mm, cool. Because I, I realized that if I needed to train for a half marathon, which that was in May, so it's five months ahead, okay. I'd need to do a bit more running. And I would need to run in the evenings in the dark. And I thought it's probably not so safe to do that on my own. Mm. So I plucked up the courage to join the running club. Oh, and it's that's changed my life. Yeah, because that's how we know each other through the running club. And um, kind of we've made quite, I, I would say kind of a solid friendship, I, I hope, um, to say yeah. the least anyway. Yes, and I think that's um, been one of the really good things about the running club, that I joined it to because I didn't want to run on my own in the winter in the dark mm, sure. and I was quite uh, scared because you know I'm a I'm a middle-aged woman <laughs> and I thought it would be full of young people like you um oh, and bless you. Of, I thought it would be full of um lots of young fast people um but a Droitwich Running Club has got people in it from twen from their 20s to their 70s mm. um of all sort of types and stages of running and it's just become a really good social network for me as mm. well as somewhere that really encourages my running oh, bless you. so i'm guessing during lockdown it's been quite difficult um for, for, for you obviously being by yourself and not having those people around especially in those first couple of weeks yeah and first um so march april beginning of may when we weren't allowed to do anything with anyone else i live on mm. my own and i i decided that i had to keep running because i was as you know training for the london marathon yeah. but that that's been postponed, but, no but might still be on. Um, so I wanted to keep going. And also I was, rather than being out and about with my work like I normally am, I was sitting at my desk in endless Zoom meetings and phone calls. Oh, wow. And the one hour a day that we were allowed out, um, it running was a, mm -hmm. was a lifesaver for me because oh, it meant you. I got out in the fresh air. But I was really lonely. I ran over 100 yeah. miles each month, all on my own, and missed <laughs> the conversation and the chat yeah. and the friendship. Yeah. Well, it's always hard. I'm quite lucky, obviously, because I live with my partner. So during those first couple of weeks, for me, it wasn't too bad, um, kind of being, being able to go out at least with somebody. Um, and then I know myself personally, throughout that kind of period, when we were allowed to introduce more people, it became more of a bit of a saving grace. Um, for me particularly because it meant I could obviously go out with my friends um, friends from club not only just those friends but also one of my closest friends that unfortunately now no longer lives in Droitwich because um, they've obviously moved away and um, now I'm trying to find my lovely social Saturdays um, that we've been kind of having because I know you've been going on social Saturdays a little bit and social Sundays um, yes sometimes. yes I've seen, seen your social Saturdays on Strava Strava was actually a great um, a great aspect of lockdown because um, when you're, I think you're a bit like me because you always give kudos very quickly. So yeah, you're obviously indeed. a bit addicted. Um, but when <laughs> in those days when you couldn't have the encouragement of, of people around you saying, Oh, mm. great, you know, you just run your fastest five miles or you've just run a bit further, to have people commenting on Strava and looking at where other people had run and all that mm. things, it felt like we were still a club doing stuff together. Mm even though we were all, all yeah. separate. And yeah. now, I mean, last week, I went out for um, four runs with four different people, um, well, which wow. is great to get, get to chat with different people yeah. and catch up. Yeah, yeah, it's come, I guess I've been looking at some of your routes on Strava, and I don't know if you're a bit like me, but I'm a bit of a Strava magpie when it comes to new segments, new routes. Yes, and I, um, 
when I did on my, the day that would have been the London Marathon, I decided I was going to do a half marathon. Mm. And I did a new route on that day, which was exactly that one that I'd seen on Strava that Joe in the club had done. Okay. And it was involved going along um, past Hanbury Hall um, okay. on that, that road, School Lane, which in normal times is quite a, a busy road. It hasn't got pavements, but it's quite a fast road. So I've I've never particularly wanted to run along there, even though it's got some nice connecting bits. But of course, the early on a Sunday morning when we were still in lockdown, there, I think on that stretch of road, one car passed me. And it oh, was gosh. a beautiful route that I, you know, I really enjoyed doing, but I only, only realised the sort of combination of routes mm. through seeing Joe's route on mm. Strava. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've obviously, for the first time, not, I, know when, I know a lot of other people do it, but um, for the first time last week, I actually went on the Westwood Estate um, with with um, Sam and uh, Sam and Sharon, and uh, we've had a really great kind of social Saturday together. Cause that's become my kind of like little thing now. Get up early on a Saturday morning, just go out and kind of enjoy a little bit of time, I suppose, away from normality. Would you say? Would, yeah. would you say it's a bit like that for you, like getting away from? Yes, yes. I think I find running on my own or with others is really good head clearing space. Mm. And yeah. in those um, those days when I did a lot of long runs, yeah, I was a bit lonely, but that was just because life was lonely in those um, mm. those first days of lockdown. But it was it's really good thinking time, and it it I think it gets you out in the fresh air and um, through that those months of April and May. Just notice I run along the canal a lot. I think you do too. Mm, and I do. Just seeing the the world go from bare winter to to blossom and then green. And notice, I found myself noticing nature a lot more because yeah. I wasn't running along chatting. Sixteen yeah. doesn't like yeah. I normally yeah. yeah. And that, that, that was very restorative. Mm, sure, this was something I was going to come on to actually, because um, I know in obviously in your day daytime job you are obviously an ordained archdeacon um, in, right. your, in your day to day life, and it's kind of like something I wanted to kind of touch on really uh, with you, Nikki. It's kind of like how does your career fit in with the way you run? And kind of how do you appreciate parts of your obviously career being an archdeacon kind of in your in your running as well? Ah, really good question. I mean, I think I think running, as I said, it gives me headspace, and I quite often pray when I'm running. So mm, sure. um, I think that it gives me a chance to to talk to God about the situations that I'm involved in and pray for for different people. Um, so so that's good. Also gives me um, lots of opportunities to. I quite often find myself in church situations talking to people about my running because mm. then then it makes them realize that I'm a normal person like them <laughs> and that might seem a funny thing to say but I think um when you when you're ordained when you're a priest and particularly when you're in the role that I'm in lots of people probably don't know what an archdeacon is but I kind of work with the bishops in a senior role in the church mm. and people can be a little bit um in awe and think you're terribly holy and I can tell you that I'm not I'm just a normal person with a calling from God to serve the church but actually when I talk about running and sometimes people when I'm running around I see people from the churches and they wave and say oh look it's the archdeacon um so I feel that I always have to be polite and smile to drivers when they're going past just in case it's someone that knows me from a church <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's, um, it's but it, it does give me that chance to um, to just relate to people and tell them stories about running and things as well, mm. which is good. Yeah, it's, it's a good relationship builder, I find, especially obviously being in our kind of current situation. And even before that, so I remember those first couple of weeks when I was at club, um, how like nervous I was as an individual. Um, and I'm sure you can vouch for that yourself, how nervous I was um, in that. 
yeah and it's been great to see you growing in your confidence in in running but also in being part of the club mm. and I, I can remember in those early days you came along and then gradually you trained to be a run leader um, yeah, and I, I really enjoyed being in those in those couple of months before the world changed when you just started it must be really annoying for you because you've just really got tell trained me, up and tell, then we've had to tell stop. me about it tell me that obviously i passed the course in the january and then yeah. literally, literally later on like two weeks later it's like oh the whole country's shutting down oh yeah. Good, yeah. great but the, then... the few weeks you did jake were very good um <laughs> and what i loved about your roots i know we joked about this quite a lot is that you you managed to find the few ways that you can run five miles around Droitwich without going up too many steep hills which is for someone who, who loves running but doesn't particularly like hills that was um yeah. that's why i liked being yeah. in your group yeah i mean earlier on tonight obviously i've been out this evening before to connected kind of connecting with you and, and talking um i decided to that had to hill was a great idea um mm -hmm. this evening and um I, I just got halfway up and i was thinking my legs ain't going to take this today and because I often find sometimes things like that can kind of build a lot of uh, lactic within my legs and kind of things like that. And I got I got scuffered on the canal twice tonight while I was out because the boats were all passing by. And as you know, the beautiful <laughs> town that we live in, there's lots of kind of canal routes that you can use and um, things like that. And I just wondered actually, Nikki, what kind of motivates you to run and what kind of joy does running bring to you as an individual? I, what motivates me? I think being fit and healthy. Um, mm. I know that I, um, I'm in my 50s and I know that it's all downhill from now on unless I keep active. Um, so I, I do it to keep healthy. It, it, I think it's good for my well-being sort of physically and mentally and spiritually as well. I mean, we're, yeah. we're very interconnected. Um, mm. And um, I know that I know I'm a better person to be around when I've been running because mm. I, um, I've had that, that space, I've had some headspace, my, my body is better, I sleep better. Um, mm. But I also, um, I think the other two things I like about it are the social aspects, which we've already talked yeah, about. Indeed. But also I'm quite um, achievement orientated. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, um, I like to set myself challenges. So the whole thing about I started by doing the, the Edinburgh half marathon and mm. that was, I want to do it in under two and a half hours. I mean, mm. fast people can run a whole marathon in under two and a half hours, but yeah. for me, you know, realistic target, but nevertheless a big target for me. And I did that first one in, in two hours, 28 minutes. Oh, wow. And then of Great. course I want to do you know, better. So each time I've done a half, I've wanted to do better. And I can't always, cause sometimes mm. on the day it doesn't feel like, but I've now done one in, in two hours and eight minutes. No, wow, um, faster than me. Yeah, but you, you'll be faster than me once you get up to the distance. Um, but then I um, thought, oh, maybe, maybe I could, just maybe I could do a marathon. And, mm. um, you know, then it's, it's so it's setting myself bigger challenges because I like, I like to push myself in life and try new things. Mm. And you know, obviously at the moment, I still haven't done my marathon. I got up to 19 nice. miles in training and then the plug oh, was pulled. Um, but it's um, it is it's that sense of you know, getting. You know, we joke about getting the bling, but mm. I look at my my rack of medals hanging up in my kitchen, and I think, gosh, for someone who four years ago was you know, very overweight, very unfit, um, and couldn't run mm. for a bus, the fact that I can now run a half marathon and yeah. potentially more is really satisfying. Yeah. So gives me a buzz yeah it does great and, and i know you mentioned obviously you touched there on the weight loss and um, so i know pre kind of 
getting this arranged we were obviously talking about kind of subjects that we could talk about and you said the one thing kind of running brought to you was kind of that constant weight loss journey um I don't know whether you want to explain a little bit more about that maybe or yeah. just tell us a little bit more I mean I think um I just have the fat gene <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I enjoy I enjoy enjoy my food, um, but I in you know, over the years I probably since teenage um, years I you know, I put on weight lost weight not in an obsessive um, way you know I've never I've never actually had an eating disorder or anything it's not been serious but I know that if I don't watch what I eat and if mm. I don't exercise my my tendency is to put on weight. So over the years, I've done it a few times and then lost it. But this time, I'm determined. I've given given away all my um, bigger clothes to charity shops. So, um, whereas <laughs> before, again, that was a confidence thing. You know, I I had a drawer of you know trousers that were two or three sizes too big, just in case I ever put weight on again. But now I'm absolutely determined not to. Yeah. And I think I've now been on a you know an even keel for quite a few years, mm-hmm. and the running. Um, a barring injury will will help that because yeah. you know that once you get really keen on running that if you do put on even half a stone it you know puts more pressure on your knees and you don't want to, mm. <laughs> to do that <laughs> yeah definitely um I know we've obviously talked a little bit about kind of our achievements and stuff but I just wanted to kind of touch on um the kind of route to part run uh, with you how kind of do you feel about part run and how do you kind of see part run is it is it a benefit to you is it a thing like that or? yeah oh I miss it so much Luke it's um, Jake sorry about that Jake okay. I, I really miss it I um again it was one of those things that I I didn't think I could do and then lots of people in the club were doing it so I thought oh maybe I'll go along and my first part run took me 37 and a half minutes mm. um and that um that it's quite a long time considering that the really fast people do it in something like 17 minutes yeah definitely <laughs> so, definitely um, uh, and most but actually the you know the average part run pace is about 30 um mm. but then i i just kept at it and um get got a bit more confident and a bit faster and then die one of the wonderful um women in the yeah, indeed. Um, in the group who's been a great encourager and she's really good um at getting new runners to you know build up their confidence and you know just she very carefully gives us tips about how to run downhill and how to do this and that mm. um and she said oh come along to Arrow Valley which is flatter than the one that I usually do yeah definitely. Um, and um and I'll get you around in under 30 minutes and I did it in fact in 28 and a half which is quite a lot oh, under wow. 30 that's, that's great. Um, with with her saying come on come on you can do it and making me not look at my watch and all that kind of thing yeah, um, and it felt a really, again, a really significant achievement. But what I've also enjoyed, we do a couched 5K in the running club each year. Yeah. Obviously, it hasn't happened this year. Mm. And I've done run buddying for that a couple of times. Oh. And running around Worcester Park Run with people who were graduating from couch to 5K doing their first ever 5K mm. um, and seeing their delight at getting around in 40 minutes. Um, gave me as much joy as me getting around in under 30 minutes yeah definitely because I know at Arrow Valley myself that's where I hold my PB and 23 minutes 46 seconds I hold Ooh, that's brilliant <laughs> I hold that and um I know for myself personally I know because I remember crossing that line for the first time when I did my first ever part run I crossed in 29 20 
um, for the first ever time. But, but that's then, a great improvement for you then. Yes, yeah. So that that was back in 2015 when I was five years, five six years younger than I am now, and um, and then obviously me and Luke went together and did it later on that year. Got 2904 at Kingsbury Water Park in Tamworth. And then um, after that, obviously tailed off for a little bit and then came back in 2019 to attempt the second hardest part run uh, without me even knowing and got 33.04 at that. Mm. Now, and now I'm down to, and I remember what, I hold my PB now. I hold the PB there and I've about 27 minutes. And I remember when Nick was pacing me around the once and um, he was going, come on, don't give up, don't give up. And he like, and it, I like literally was shouting at me for walking up a hill and uh, things like that. And but I'm, I know that people within the club are great encouragers, especially um, other people that have encouraged me in my personal journey. Because I remember when um, at Churchfield, Paula, I think it was Paula and Roseanne, um, oh. obviously approached me and just said, uh, well, do you want to come to running club? Because you seem quite able and quite fit to do so. And I said, that's where the whole massive kind of journey begins uh, for me. I want to know as well from you, Nikki, what is your proudest moment in your kind of running journey? That's a good question. Can I just go back to one other thing about Clark from before yeah, you, I yeah, say yeah, that? Yeah, you can. No, no problem. Just because I want, to, I want to say about the running club and Park Run is that what I really love, um, Worcester Park Run is, is quite a big one. Our, um, yeah. so we have a couple of church fields that you've just been talking about, mm. which is the second hardest park run in the country. Um, is anyone listening? You should come and do it when it starts again. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but Worcester Park Run has about 600 people. And again, people of, of all different abilities and I love the fact that the fast guys in the running club, when they've finished, they come back round to the, the sort of finishing stretch um, where you come in and they cheer on the rest of us until the slowest members of the club are through. And I know that when I've had a PB that, you know, when I've done under 30, that some of the guys, Adam, Nick, those kind of people, yeah. really rejoice and celebrate with me because I've run faster than I have before, even if it's still 10 minutes mm. slower than they would do. And I love that, that everyone, you know, everyone is equal and encourages Definitely. you. Definitely. Really um, my proudest moment running, um, I think probably when I finished the Great North Run. Um, oh, wow. That's, my, that's when I knocked... Um, uh, 11 minutes off my time um, that, so that was my um, second or third um, half marathon and again that was with Di. Di decided that she would pace me um, around the Great North Run because she's done you know many many marathons mm. and half marathons and she very graciously came around at, at my pace um, and I, I did it in 2.11 and it just to have got around that in so much quicker time and the Great North is it's kind of the iconic half marathon it's a bit like Definitely. london is for marathons and and we finished and then just got through the sort of finish line got our medals and then the red arrows flew over and i felt oh, like wow. over for me it was it what, was great what an absolute sight that must have been as well when you saw when you saw that as well the yeah. great north is actually on my bucket list still to do i was too chicken to enter it this year because yeah. I, I it does I didn't have hills people. it does have hills i better warn you people don't tell you about the hills but there are quite a lot of them <laughs> people but it's, don't. it's such a wonderful atmosphere you get all the Geordies cheering you on and it, it's it's just brilliant it's yeah. wonderful yeah um, and, and Mo Farah was in it too and oh he, wow. beat, he beat me just but he was in the same race <laughs> you'll be in, you'll be in the race of any Kipchoge one day yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twice, twice as fast and a bit yes <laughs> I know also as well we've said obviously 
um, about your kind of, we did briefly touch on your marathon journey. Um, I just wanted to kind of know a little bit more about that marathon journey because I, I know for you it's been such a big thing to kind of build up to. And obviously the amount of kind of social media influence that you were having about kind of raising money for charity and uh, things through that event was something kind of that I admire to personally myself. And one day I will get there. I've got to get that half marathon in first. But I, just sure wanted, will. But I just wanted to know more about your marathon journey, really. And um, kind of like the fundraising behind it and things like that as well. So, yeah, thanks. Well, I, um, it's funny, again, someone in the running club, Gina, um, got in on the ballot last year and I was so inspired. She's even older than me um, and she'd never run more than 10K before. And she, she did the London Marathon. And on the day that I was watching her, you know, we kind of watch it and follow her and, um, and she did it. And I was so impressed at her doing it. But I also thought, if Gina can do it, maybe I can. Um, so at that point I entered into the ballot because I'd always said, I'm never ever going to run a marathon. Half a marathon is far too far for me. I'm never going to do a marathon. Um, but I entered the ballot thinking, oh, well, if it's, if it's meant to be, I'll get in. And of course, mm -hmm. like the vast majority of others, I didn't get in because you have, a, I think, a, a one in 30 chance or something like that of getting mm -hmm. in on, on the ballot. It's very oversubscribed. Mm -hmm. um, but I realised at that point that I was absolutely gutted and I was quite surprised because I hadn't, hadn't quite realised how much I wanted to do it. So then I decided I would try and get a charity place. Um, and I looked and you know, a lot of the charity places are already gone as well. But I am um, a big supporter of the Children's Society, which is a, a Church of England charity that works with some of the most um, marginalised um, and broken children across the country. There's lots of really good advocacy for them um, and lots of support. And Mark Russell, who's the um, CEO of Children's Society, is a friend. So late, no. late one night, I messaged him saying, hey, Mark. Um, I'm thinking of um, trying to run um, the marathon for the Children's Society. Can you put in a word for me? Um, because as, a, as an archdeacon, which is quite high up in the Church of England, I thought it might be quite good publicity for them having an archdeacon running for them. So by the next morning, he had spoken to his PA and said, we've got the archdeacon of Dudley wanting to run for us. Let's get her in. <laughs> um, and it was, I think it was one of those... Um, it was a win-win because it was good for me because I then got a charity place, but it's good for them because um, I can legitimately publicise it in my role because yeah. um, every time I, you know, they do Chris Dingle and that kind of thing. So, you know, the mm. thing with oranges at Christmas and the candle. Yeah, um, so I, I did um, Chris Dingle service in one of our churches over near Starport and, you know, was able to say, you know, and when we do this, it's supporting the children's society. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to be running the London Marathon for them and, you know, and tell the story. <laughs> and got that casual word in. Yeah, and they're, you know, they, they're all geared up before it was cancelled to do quite a bit of publicity because, and Sam Setchell, who um, is a colleague who works for the Diocese of Worcester, she's also doing it. And they were going to do a couple of media pieces and that kind of thing. And if it happens in October, they still will. If it doesn't happen mm. until next year, I'm sure yeah. they will then. Yeah. Yeah. But I was really pleased because you to get a charity place in the marathon you have to commit to getting two thousand pounds of sponsorship mm -hmm. which which feels quite a lot especially as you have to get a good chunk of it um quite a long time before i think it was by the end of november even though the marathon wasn't oh. until april and that felt as daunting as running 26 miles <laughs> to get two thousand pounds <laughs> worth of sponsorship but people were really generous and i'm i'm now i've got over three thousand pounds worth mm. Um, already and hopefully if, when I do eventually run it and do another push I can get some mm. more so great cause 
mm. and you know getting helping um really vulnerable children um and also getting to run the marathon i do think it'll be um in terms of the marathon journey normally people talk about getting to the, the finish line it seems to be um hard to get to the start line this year <laughs> I, think, I think because of it being you know postponed and all that kind of yeah. thing i think when we eventually get to the start line that'll feel like a significant victory after all of this yeah definitely definitely does um also as well kind of like for me as well obviously that's an that's an event i absolutely inspire to one one day who knows i'll be i'll be on that start line but I you will i'm, I'm sure the thing is about running is that it is um sort of addictive and moorish you start off like i did doing a doing a 5k and then you do a 10k and then once you can do 10Ks, you think, oh, well, maybe a half marathon is in my grasp. Yeah, that's and, my stage where I am now. So. Yeah, once you've done a few half marathons, you think, oh, well, it's only twice as far. Twice mm. as far! It's twice a, long, far. a long way. 26.2 <laughs> miles is a very long way. <laughs> Out of all the distances you've run, Nikki, what kind of distance would you say is your favourite? I think probably, probably a half marathon is my favourite because it, it feels significant i mean it is significant you forget how significant it is when you start training for a marathon but actually mm. you know, to run 13.1 miles is more than the vast majority of the population can do mm. so it's big enough to be a challenge but it, it <laughs> it's not so much that it dominates your life because training for a marathon does dominate your life a little mm -hmm. bit um, so i think that's but but i also so that's my in terms of my favorite distance to train for and aspire to but what I really enjoy is running five miles three times a week with different mm. people around Droitwich. Um, you know, last week I ran um, six miles on Tuesday with, with Rachel, five miles on Wednesday with Martin, Jeff and Grace, and um, five miles with Sis on Friday, and then, and then 13 miles with Sean on Sunday. But the, actually just that regular running five miles, which is about the distance we did in the running yeah, club. Yeah, definitely is. Definitely yeah. is. And it's, a, yeah, it's what you can do in an hour um, at a reasonable, mm. you know, give or take. And mm. it's, it doesn't take over your whole life, but it's good to do that a few times a week. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I always try and find that solid five miles if I can, because uh, my training program tends to go five miles on a Monday, five miles on a Wednesday before we convene for the quiz, which unfortunately I will be missing this week because I'm working. Oh, no. um, <laughs> I'm working this week, so I won't be joining. Um, but obviously that five miles twice a week and then I like to do that longer nine or ten depending on what I feel like on a Saturday um but I know next time we all meet for a run it's my turn to plan so I'm thinking about how kind I can be um, <laughs> how flat a route you can find how, how flat definitely because you know you know what I'm like in in terms of like club running and kind of all that thing around it and kind of how I look for that route which is not always necessarily something you know but something that annoys me is the fact that every single route around Droitwich, there is no original route remaining. So I can't actually yes. have a route to call my own. Yeah, but you did. I remember you just added some little quirky bits, even if it just means, you know, going up and down one one little side road and back down another yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. It makes it feel a bit different. And yeah. there are, and one of the things about lockdown, you know, I did discover quite a few new routes because you put together different combinations. Yeah. Um, and of course, in the summer, um, you can run along the canal and through Westwood and all those kind of places that you know because the ground obviously in the middle of winter running along the canal is not such a good idea because you might no. fall in um, 
but in the summer you can when it, and also when it's dark because there are only there are a certain number of ways you can run around joint which in street lights um mm. so that does limit but in the summer there's a lot more freedom yeah yeah, definitely and I don't know you're one for the pictures as well um on on Strava as well so yes yes well I do if I do see something really really beautiful I do like to stop so um you might have seen last week there's um in Solwalk which is one of the villages yes. just off the canal where, yes, where we are. um there's a, a wonderful wildflower meadow at the moment with beautiful poppies um and in fact it was with with Luke um yeah well, definitely. I first saw it I think and we stopped and had a, had a quick look um, but it's, the poppies have come out even more and I do stop and it also gives you a chance to have a bit of a rest that's my other sneaky sneaky photo stop yeah, is actually a chance to have a rest that's that's my opportunity to run as well because you know what I'm like I am the king of the selfie when I'm out running and I oh have yes to try and go, I think and you, I have you do more selfies than anyone I know <laughs> <laughs> and also as well it's I just feel like I'm, we're so blessed as individuals around this area with kind of like the amount of lovely scenery that we have um, just to admire and I suppose for you as well is I it allows you to kind of admire God's creation, I suppose, in a way when you're out and about. Absolutely. And when, when I lived in London, when I did a bit of running, not so much as now, I used to run along Regent's Canal through all the sort of used drugs paraphernalia. And one, one time I ran past the police fishing out a body, literally. Ooh, no, um, ooh. And, you know, all it was, you know, it was dirty. And you know, there were bits of it that were scenic, but the bit where I was in Islington, it wasn't the most salubrious bits mm -hmm. of the Regent's Canal. And yeah. then you know, come straight witch, and you run along, and the the lambs skipping in the field, and the herons, and the kingfishers, and the. I've seen this kingfisher yet. I've not seen. No, the I still haven't seen it. No, that's on my on my wish list. I did see a heron. Get a good photo of a heron. But yeah, we are really blessed, and I think, um, again, during lockdown, that's thinking, you know, of the places that we've been. With, I think because I think for you know the first eight, ten weeks, whatever it was, you know, I didn't go further than five miles from Droitwich. My run was my longest. I, you know, I went, went to the supermarket, supermarket and went running. Um, and, but thinking, if you're going to be stuck somewhere, Droitwich is a pretty good place to be stuck Definitely. because there are so I many agree. lovely places to run. I agree, I agree with you. Just as we wind up then, Nikki, together, and it's been great to talk to you and hear your stories and stuff. Um, I just wanted to know about your future goals and your targets. Get the marathon done. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, so I'm definitely... You know, whether it is on October the 4th or next April, I am definitely going to run the London Marathon. It mm. probably will be my one and only marathon because it does take a lot of, lot of training. So I want to do that. And then I think my target is to stay injury free and keep running. I think I'd like to do a couple of half marathons each year, but um, mm -hmm. you know, as in races. I, my, my target for this year has been to run um, at least one half marathon a month, whether or not the marathon was happening, just to keep that fitness and to do um, to do a thousand miles in the year. Last year I ran 850 miles, so this year my target was a thousand. But at the moment, I think um, by the end of next month, I will have run as many miles as I ran the whole of last year. So I think I'm on target. But I think it, yeah, to stay injury free um, and to mm. keep enjoying it. I think mm. I think that's the main. And I look at people like Di and Bob who were you know the in their 60s and 70s who still enjoy running and you know they know that they're past their best they're not going to have PBs um at this stage in their running career but they really still enjoy it and I think my ultimate goal would be to still enjoy running when I'm 70 that would be oh, that would be wow. an achievement 
It's definitely going to be a long way ahead, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> it's always, Nikki, it's been absolutely great to talk to you. And uh, thanks for sharing some of your stories. And I hope uh, once our testing has been released, and you'll be kind of following us along as you go as well. I will. I should look forward to hearing your conversations yeah. with others. It's yeah, a great. Yeah, yeah. You'll be fascinated by the next one because it is my partner. So it is Luke um, on the next on the next episode. Thanks, Nikki, very much for joining us. Great. Thank you. Just Run and Talk, as I said earlier, is a new venture I'm starting to increase my passion for running. So if you know of anyone who would like to be a guest or know of anyone who can share their story and share their knowledge of running and all things around this, let me know. You can message me directly through my Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Just Run with Jake or email Jake Daniel J, so J spelt J-A-Y, at gmail.com with the subject line Just Run and Talk Guests. Currently, we are available on six different podcasting platforms, including Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public and Pocket Casts. Hopefully there will be more to follow. Thanks for listening to this very first episode of my new adventure and there are loads more to follow. Trust me. Signing off for now. See you again soon.